Hi, my name is Callie, and on this podcast, hindsight is everything. Our goal is to look back on seasons we've been through and help prepare those about to face the same things. There's something powerful in knowing you're not alone and knowing someone has gone before you. So I gather up some great people, I ask them all the questions I can think of, and then, hopefully, by the end, we're better than when we started. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to No One Told Me. So listen, I'll tell you one thing. No one told me that I would watch the world go through a pandemic, right? I mean, it's literally something you would see out of a movie. We just watched that show Pandemic on Netflix like a month ago. And now here we are. I just, I can't get over the weirdness of it. You know, I mean, to see the store shelves empty, to see almost completely carless roads, the shutdown of businesses, of sports, of schools, We see these rising numbers and wonder, where's the end of it? Or better yet, what's the end of it? What does that even look like? I can't even imagine it. I can't grasp any of it because I've never experienced any of it. One minute, I feel normal. And the next, I've spiraled somewhere between wishing we had a bunker to live in and thinking a quick trip to Chick-fil-A wouldn't be so bad. We're living in this time of extremes. The middle is hard to find. You're either overreacting or underreacting, and it feels like both are wrong somehow. And even as I'm talking about this, I feel the anxiety and the fear and the uncertainty bubbling up in me as news stories and rumors and facts and fiction make their way from my screens to my ears and to my heart. What are you feeling right now? Because here's the deal. None of us really saw this coming, so we're all trying to figure out how we feel about it, and I'd be willing to bet There's a tornado of emotion swirling around in all of us, but for the sake of family and friends and whoever, we're tapping it down, shoving it into a corner until we can have a proper emotional breakdown in our bathroom floor after we realize we forgot to get another pack of toilet paper at our 7 a.m. grocery store run and wondering how hard it would be to fashion a bidet out of a water hose if worse came to worse. But what we are on the inside... What we continually think about eventually shows in our words and in our actions. It shows up in our overall demeanor. How we talk to our family, how we react to any given situation, how we respond in stress. What is buried in our heart breaks through in circumstances like this. What we're living every day. When all this virus news was still just background noise on Good Morning America a few weeks ago, none of us were really paying that much attention. I was starting the process of cleaning out the house. Emptying closets, smuggling toys out and into a donation pile before the kids noticed and wondering what the back of my pantry actually looked like. Ryan took over cleaning out a bookshelf and doing what most men do best, which is making piles, random piles of random things and calling it cleaning, which listen, I'll take what I can get. But he had piled all these books right by the end of the bed. So I would stub my toe on either Harry Potter or my yearbook from 2009 on my way to bed every night. But if I'm honest, those piles are still hanging out there because tensions started rising fast, work has amped up on a whole new level, and I just haven't had the time to do anything with them. But Henley, lover of all books, has started carrying around random selections through the house with her and holding impromptu story time sessions with Hagen. She left one of the books on the couch, and picking up one night, I stopped and read the title, Calm My Anxious Heart. 
I had read it back in college and then I think again after college. And now here I am reading it a third time because that phrase alone is my most often prayed prayer. I struggled over what to write, but instead, I think I'll share some of this book with you as I read through it in the coming weeks. It just, it feels right for right now. I don't want a season to create habits of anxiety and discontent within us, within me. This book actually refers to it as an unholy habit of discontent. It's like those moments of sadness, overwhelmedness, loneliness, fill in the blank. You go from being simple moments of those to complete countenances. Your whole demeanor changes in that direction. We give in to them more than we fight our way out of them. I met a girl back when I was a senior in high school, and she became one of my lifers. You know, those kind of friends, you know, you don't see that often and really don't get to talk to that much. But when you are together, it's like there hasn't been a day that you weren't. Those are unique and rare relationships. Anyway, I always call her BA. And she has what I would call a holy habit of contentment. Her perspective, her vision is clear because she lives with this infectious, eternal perspective. I'll put it the way my pastor did. We can have a horizontal or a vertical perspective. Horizontal is solely focused on this world, what we feel, what we hear, read, or watch, what we can control. Vertical is focused on the next life, the eternal promises, the extraordinary purpose behind every earthly circumstance. BA has that vertical perspective. That kind of perspective means we evaluate our lives and what's most important based on God's perspective. And I want to be more like her in all the best ways. Who encourages your heart? Maybe reach out and tell them today. We all need more of those conversations in this season of life, and it could turn their whole day around to hear that from you, to hear what they mean to you. These circumstances we're sitting in right now, wondering how many trips to the grocery store is too many, but then all of a sudden feeling like it's a completely normal day until you happen to open up an app or turn on the TV. These circumstances are starting to control our contentment. To quote the book, contentment is a state of the heart not a state of affairs. True, lasting contentment is separate from our circumstances. The Apostle Paul, who wrote a big chunk of the New Testament, wrote about contentment, which is kind of ironic because much of Paul's writing was done while he was in prison. But not a prison like we know. Sometimes it was just a hole in the ground. Most of the time, it was complete isolation. No real contact with anyone other than a guard. And yet he still wrote Philippians 4, 11 through 13. It says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Paul had way more reasons to be anxious and discontent than we do. And yet he writes that he is content in all things. But as the writer of Call My Anxious Heart, Linda Dillow, she points out, Paul says that he has learned to be content, and it's not a natural response. He specifically chose the word learned, because this contentment we want so much does not come naturally with us. It's a learned practice. Dillow then shares what the Greek translation of this verse is. I am able to face anything by the one who makes me able to do it. 
That's what Paul was saying. I know that you see this verse a lot of places. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, almost to the point where it loses its power. But think about this Greek translation for a minute. Think about it in light of everything that we are walking through together right now. I am able to face anything by the one who makes me able to do it. Don't miss this. We aren't able to go through this season because we can control it, decide what happens next, dictate the outcome. We are helpless. But it is in this helplessness we can experience God's wholeness. The wholeness that has eluded us for so long because we're too distracted by going and doing and seeing and keeping up. The stillness we avoid is now the place we'll find the peacefulness we crave. And it's not just for now, it's for always, at all times, in all circumstances. Jesus is willing to provide the perspective we need to be content. The perspective comes from the truth of His Word. We have to let it soak in. You know, in Mark 4, Jesus tells a story. Now listen, if I was a disciple that walked beside Jesus and listened to some of his stories, I'm sure I would nod along with him and fully want to understand, but then I'd probably trail behind and beg, you know, either John or Peter to tell me what in the world Jesus had just been saying. But lucky for us, we have the whole Bible and we know the whole story. And so in Mark 4, Jesus tells a story to a crowd of people and then leaves with his disciples. And they do exactly what I would have been a little too nervous to do. And they ask the Savior of the world, what do you mean? He explains his story this way. There was a farmer scattering seed. Some of it fell on the footpath, but was picked up by the birds. That seed represents those who hear truth, but have it snatched away. The seed that crosses the footpath doesn't do anything, but make your head turn for a moment. It only causes you to pause just long enough to register a whisper of faith. But before it can get any louder, that truth is snatched away, crowded out by the loudness of our world. But then he talks about the seed that falls on the rocky soil, and it can't quite get its roots down. It represents us who hear the message and receive it with joy. Maybe it was the moment you first trusted Jesus. You remember the relief, that moment of peace, but... Maybe the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, life wasn't what you thought it would be. The problem felt too big. And the faith that brought you so much joy felt too small to save you from the constant rush of uncertainty, pushing you over before you even have a chance to stand. And then Jesus talks about the seed scattering across the ground covered in thorns. This represents those searching for truth and finding it. You know, we try to bury it deep inside. We want to store it away, saving it up. But that's not the only thing that's getting buried inside, stored away, saved up. This truth that we believe sits alongside our worries, sits alongside our anxieties, our desires for things of this world instead of the promise of His Word. Instead of replacing those fears and those anxieties with the truth of this freedom, we sit them right next to each other in our hearts, side by side. And our humanness, our flesh, chooses the fear, the bitterness, the anxiety, the anger, the uncertainty. We choose anything other than what God offers because for some reason, we feel more in control of those other things. We choose it every time because this world and all it offers pushes at us, suffocating us. And when we turn to get a breath, 
we're left gasping for freedom, but only finding this false hope that grows around and chokes out the truth we thought was so deeply rooted within us. A lot of us want to trust God, but sometimes it feels like He's moving too slow. We start to believe He might need our help. We push and we pull up the circumstances, trying to force them into the lines that we've drawn. It's this helping God out mentality that makes our heart the most anxious. When we take over and try to control what happens, we take our eyes off the one who controls it all, and instead we dive deep into our circumstances. Someone is offering to be in control of our lives in this out-of-control world, but it's hard to say, okay, you know what, God, you know what you're doing, so I'll let you do that. My pastor has said several things regarding this, but let this sink in. God is working even when it doesn't look like it. Our lives may feel out of control, but he is saying, I can help. We don't know what the end to this pandemic looks like, but he does. His perspective is eternal, is ours. His perspective is bigger. He has purpose. Do we? Do we have to wait until we understand what it is before we, fu- before we fully trust that he is good and what he is doing is good? Psalm 16, 5 says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. Your security isn't in one more grocery run. And I'm talking to myself with that. Your security isn't in the amount of times you lice all that door handle, although that is unbelievably comforting to do. Your security isn't in what the top leading expert is currently saying, but I still like to know what they're saying. Your security is in the eternal promise of an unchanging God who says, I am only good, and what I have for you is only good. Now, what I'm not saying is to ignore all the precautions and suggestions. No, I'm saying, as you've heard before, trust God and do something. It's not just trust God and it's not just do something. It's not an either or scenario. It's both. And the order matters. Don't do something and then think, oh, maybe I'll just see what God thinks about this. Trust God first. Settle your heart in His promise. Get in His word. That matters so much right now. Read His word. Let it settle all around your anxious thoughts. And then do something. Wash your hands, wash your car, wash your house, whatever, spend some of that nervous energy, but come back to the same truth over and over. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He hasn't given us a spirit of anxiety. He hasn't given us a spirit of uncertainty. He hasn't given us a spirit of whatever you are feeling right now that's overwhelming any truth that you once rooted in your heart. He has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but instead he has filled us with power and of love and self-discipline. He wants to fill us with a holy contentment. In this season, I'm praying for you. Honestly, I am. I'm praying for those on the front lines battling this in our hospitals, for those already impacted in terrible ways, for those immunocompromised who risk so much by simply leaving their houses. And I'm praying for all of those anxious, fearful hearts, mine included. We're going to make it. And no matter what happens, 
tea is only good. I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or you can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C-E-Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.